In terms of like like servicing your customer, yeah. uh, the same thing. It's it's coming off. I can feel when someone's trying to sell me something mm-hmm. that necess- doesn't like. For one, you're not even listening to me. Like I don't feel like you're listening to me. I was talking to my man Tony, uh, my mentor Tony Abraham. Shouts out to Tony. He'll be on the podcast soon. But he started talking about um, uh, 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 peeling back the layers, right? And he said that's where I got that quote from. I'm sure he got it from somewhere. Seek to understand before you seek to be understood. He said, if you ask someone a question, you start the process of peeling back the layers of the onion. Well, someone says, well, um, can you help me? uh, Can you help me become an entrepreneur? And and I'm a coach. And I say, well, why do you want to be an entrepreneur? And I say, well, because I want financial freedom. And that kind of peels back a layer. Well, what does financial freedom look like for you? They said, well, I want, to, I want to make enough money to take care of me and my spouse and our children because this is happening in our family. Oh, well, so what type of work are you, gonna, are you willing to put in? Like, we got to dig deep and say, are you ready for this level of... And if you, if you start talking to the person, you're peeling back the layers of mm-hmm. the onion and they'll feel trusted to trust you as a coach or an advisor or a therapist or whatever if it's not always on the clock and you're really trying to understand their situation. Sometimes you got to turn down some clients who have the money. If you, but some people never get to the, the 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 bottom of the onion to realize, yo, I think somebody else would be better for you. Mm. That's that's true customer service, and that's how you continue to get people to come back. So you know, I just had this thought in the beginning when you're becoming an entrepreneur. At first, becoming an entrepreneur is all about you. Mm. If you want to be a better entrepreneur entrepreneurship needs to be about the people that you serve. Mm. Mm-hmm. At first, it's all about you. At first, why are you an entrepreneur? Well, it's because I want financial freedom. I want to retire my mom. I want to send my daughter to college. But then as you're working through your process, like if you're doing a good job, you can't help but to notice the results that you're getting for other people. You can't help but to feel a way when people are tagging you wearing your product or using your product or bragging about your services and you desire for more of that. And in order to get more of that, that means that you have to help people uh, have more transformations. If you're a product-based business, that means that you have to help help more people have good experiences with your product. Yeah. It becomes then about, if you're a good entrepreneur, if you desire to be a good entrepreneur, it becomes less of you, right? At first, it's all about you, mm-hmm. but it becomes, it, it evolves into being less of you and more about your customer. And the key to that is, when you start thinking about the result and the customer, like, man, I really like how it felt for somebody to tag me and say that because of my leadership, their life changed. Wow, I really like for somebody to say, this is one of the best jogging suits that they've ever received from a Black entrepreneur. Then you start saying, I want to do more of that. How can I make my fabric better? How can I make my service better? Because I want more of those kind of results, right? When you help more people, you get more of what you want by default. So it doesn't have to be about your six-figure goal. It doesn't have to be about your seven-figure goal. Make it about your customer through delivering service. It's never about you. I had a mindset shift in, like when I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, where my goal was to get better there. And previously, when we have a slow night or a busy night around prompts, golly, listen, Around prom season is the worst time to be a server, especially at the Cheesecake Factory or a kind of a upper... They're not tipping? What, They're a, not a tipping. 16-year-old? Their mama sent them with the money to tip, but it's they are not them. using it. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, my gosh. They have no idea what they want. They don't care about sending something back if they don't like it. It's... Rudely. What is this? This is not what we ordered. I ain't want this. I ain't get that. The calendar pennies. I, I'm sorry. I just had a flashback. But I was... When I, when I started working... When I was working there... Um, I was just like everybody else, where we'll complain about the nights, we'll complain about the guests, that they didn't tip me, they didn't tip me, they got me running, they keep sending food back, the bartender is not bringing the food, the drinks out fast enough, things of that nature. So it was just a complaint fest. But then I had a shift where I'm saying, this job isn't for me to make money. This job is to be paid training to be something else. Mm-hmm. So it gave me an opportunity to be to work one time. Because mm-hmm. I just... I was always late everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm such a stickler for time now because when I when I was working there, I got in the habit of, yo, know, I got to stop being late everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I need to get there a little bit early. And if I'm not there early, then I'm late, even if I'm on time mm-hmm. for the job hmm. because I just needed that training. And I, I just had this shift of, if a, if a guest I'm serving has a problem, I have an opportunity to fix it. And if I can't fix this problem, I'll never be an entrepreneur where I'm going to have to fix bigger problems. Mm-hmm. So it was like a training ground. So when I really started to fall in love with the process of doing my job, that was the beginning of my exit. Mm. But if I never if I never adopted the, let me just be a better server. Let me be a better server. Let me be a better person. Let me work on my communication skills with this particular job. If I didn't like have that awakening, I'd still be there. You asked, what would you, what would you do if you had to do it all over? Mm-hmm. And this goes to the essence of what I was saying when I said I would focus on becoming something special. Because if you are focused on becoming something special, becoming somebody powerful, becoming somebody knowledgeable, somebody that like gets stuff done and is, you know, looking to rise to the top of whatever it is that you do, I think it doesn't matter who you're with. Because the focus is to become something. Mm-hmm. Like personal development, I just, it's just so um, underrated. Mm-hmm. And we, we, you know, mindset training is so underrated, but like not the skill of doing something, but becoming a resourceful person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Becoming a thinker, becoming good at communication or like just really, I I would have for sure focused on becoming really, really, really good at something. Yeah. Whatever that's going to be. Yeah. And you know, everything is always in hindsight looking a whole lot better yeah, than, sure. than it happens in real life. I know I would have taken a whole lot more time getting clear early on. Yeah. Um, Because sometimes it's really easy to mistake things that you're good at for what your purpose to do. Mm-hmm. I'm good at a lot of stuff. Not purpose to do that. For the last couple of years, I've been in rooms that um, that people like really, really impressive income, and I'm not even close to that. But they are impressed with what I do. Mm-hmm. That really gives me that that really gives me a surety. And for everybody, you know, if you do anything well, it don't got to be about like making a whole lot of money. But there are some people who cannot figure out. They cannot figure out how to do what you do. Yeah. Those are guys make 20 something million dollars a year. And he's like, man, you got a podcast. How do you start it? Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. He's like, yo, can I just fly you down to Miami? And I, I want to talk to you about how to get it going, man. Creating content is just, you might be there and be like, yo, you just, you make the real. You just put the music here. Yeah. And, but some people just can't figure it out. But the cool thing is if you do anything well, you will fit right in in any 
any high level environment. And that's really interesting. Um, and, and it's the truth. So, and then being in those environments, they're just good for you. So for example, anytime me and Wall Street Trapper are in the same room, what I love most about, well, it's not what I love most about him, but one thing that I really love about Trap is he has no issue saying, Donnie helped me do this, yeah. right? Like he will put me on to everybody that he knows. Like all of my clients that ever paid me $100,000 for my services came from Trap. Mm. They were all referrals from Trap. So he's we're in this environment and he's at the end of the table. Do you have clients to pay you $100,000? Not anymore. I eliminated that service. Mm. So it was when I was sitting in his operations. You remember that? Yeah. We discussed it. I yeah. Think, golly. Yeah, so... Come on up, guys. Come on. Hang out with us. All that right? was... Um, so we're at the lunch and I hear Trap down there talking. He's talking to uh, some other people at the end of the table with him, telling them about his first time having the confidence to sell a high ticket was when we did the program. And, you know, Trap fought me for a long time on like, Trap, it has to be, you know, I was going like $10,000 and he's like, nah, Donnie, I, I don't know. Like, are people going to buy it? You know? And um, we ended up literally backstage coming up with his very first like high ticket. And I believe at that time it was like $7,000. Um, during that event, like three hours after we pitched it, he ran, he did like $500,000 uh, just in those first three hours. And then of course did more throughout the event. And the group was really valuable and impactful. And he never has to, he, he can take full credit for that. He never has to mention my name at all but he always mentions my name. And so fast forward to what you're talking about, these people who make so much money, like these these people, like even like Annetta Powell that night when we were sitting by the pool, she's like, so tell me more about what you do. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. 
All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. And I'm like, girl, you crush me in income. <laughs> like, what do you, why? Tell me more about what you do. But it's, it's, it's how you grow. So even when you don't, even when you're not at the top of the, 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 the ladder, even when you sometimes feel like you don't belong, get in the room. Like we're really thinking like big, how can we really, really change like kind of like that entrepreneurial landscape and we create unheard of results. So that's like big, right? Uh, we were talking on the call this morning about just going after something, something big. And in every industry, there's a gap. There's something that's not happening. And then someone sees it and it happens, right? So I think we need to figure out how, how we can dominate the whole space and not even a whole space. So for instance, um, podcasting is uh, something I'm really, really passionate about. And I see that there's a gap of a large gathering of people delivering information solid information, like really, really good information. And especially us, we haven't brought together our podcast community, right? There's uh, a couple of different conferences out there, but I just text my mentor. I say, yo, I am, I fully plan on owning the podcast conference space. So the space within conferencing, right? Anybody that occupies a space within an industry, you've got to give them a billion dollars. So think about, uh, when you think of a tire, what company comes to mind? Goodyear. How do we all think of Goodyear? Because they say, yo, we are going to, we're not, we don't got to focus on cars, but tires of a car. And I don't know how long they've been doing it, but I would imagine it was before cars were, you know, it's probably been a hundred years or so, right? When I don't, somebody look up when Goodyear started. Let's see it. I think they decided to dominate a space right? Moving companies, they see people that are having an issue moving. When you think of 
moving companies, what do you need? You need a U-Haul. They said, I'm going to occupy that space of moving. We'll do this one specific thing. And there's so, McDonald's dominated fast food industry for decades, mm-hmm. right? And Burger King makes a much better burger, but they were behind. So they never catch up to McDonald's. So, and if it wasn't for the world changing with uh, health and stuff like that, <laughs> or like the, the understanding what goes in McDonald's food, I think it's still dominate, yeah. but um, like domination in a space, mm-hmm. not just doing well. Mm-hmm. That's my whole message right now is what can we find that we can dominate in? Purpose. Here we go. It's overrated. Mm. Tell me more. That's a sound bite for you. Maybe we'll, we'll name this episode. Purpose is overrated. Tell me more. Um, you are uh, operating in your purpose, so to speak. But if you are operating in what you call purpose long enough, most of the time, it changes. Hmm. Do you think that the purpose changes or do you think that the vehicle that you use to achieve that thing changes? I think the purpose changes. So let's say, for instance, what do you think? Do you think, you know, what would you say my purpose is if you had to give me something? Um, I think that your purpose, I can't speak for you about what, do you what think? your purpose is. Just on the is. surface, if you had to pick one. Yeah. I think that you are a community leader. Mm-hmm. I think that you are purposed to lead a community of people and you do that through community and connectivity. True. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. I think if I did it long enough, eventually I just wouldn't want to do it anymore. Or as you accomplish something, the purpose becomes something else. Well, I was going to say, it's not that you don't want to do it anymore. Maybe you accomplish something. So let's just say, for example. So our pur- is purpose based on a time frame or a season no. or a window of time? No. So I just looked up the actual definition of purpose. And it is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Okay. Right? So there are reasons for which you do the morning meetup. There's a reason in which you exist. And if we go down that lane, we'll probably get into a a religious conversation or Mm -hmm. spiritual conversation. And I kind of want to not do that right now. Um, But we all know that there's a reason that we exist. And for the most part, if I can say, I believe that the reason that we're that we exist is to to spread to to live a life in a way that validates and spreads the goodness of God, mm. right? And we have found our own special way to do that. Mm-hmm. I believe um, that my purpose is connected to helping people decide to live a life above average, like not to settle in their lives. And that's something that I have always done from when I was selling real estate, from when I was selling cars, from when I, you know, had my clothing store. Like for me, I couldn't just own a clothing store and just sell dresses. You, the same thing. You couldn't just own a a kiosk and just sell t-shirts. I would find myself in this clothing store coaching 
women. Who are you buying this dress for? Your daughter? No way. (laughs) No way. Bring her in on Sunday when I'm closed. I will work with you guys. Like I have been in pursuit of helping people see the bigger picture and aspire to be more than average. Right. I like that. You know what you, I, I think you may not have, you wouldn't have that, had that experience had you not opened the store unless you did something else, you'd had that experience. But just for this example, you wouldn't have had the experience of like identifying how an outfit changes someone's feeling and emotion and mm-hmm. their self-confidence, things of that nature. You wouldn't have that experience if you didn't open the store. But if you were thinking, well, my purpose isn't to open a store, you probably wouldn't have opened the store to have that particular experience. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of entrepreneurs, they're trying to figure out what their purpose is before they get started Mm -hmm. when I would, I would encourage you to get started in something. Mm -hmm. Like just don't, don't let your time be wasted. Don't let your life, okay, if I had to say a purpose, don't let time be wasted. I believe you're, purpose on this earth is not to waste your time. For sure. And some people are wasting their time trying to figure out how to not waste their time. So I want to maybe talk through, um, I did a TED talk and I was just, I don't know why it hit me this morning. I did a TED talk about the life cycle of a good idea. Okay. And I want to go through those stages. And you tell me if you agree that this is the life cycle of a good idea. Anybody that has a good idea, is going to go through this cycle, okay? The first stage is excitement. You get really excited about an idea, right? You have a good idea, you get really, really excited. How long does that last, the excitement? Sometimes longer than others, right? But you get excited, (laughs) but then you have to evolve the idea. So excitement, then evolution. You have to like expound on the idea. When you're not as excited in the evolution stage, because now you're you're asking yourself questions that you may not have the answer to because you have to build on the idea, okay? Okay, I'm going to have the biggest clothing brand in the world, but now as you evolve it, you got to go through different designs and material and you find out there's, you got to build a website to sell it and how do you market? You got to evolve the idea. The third stage is engagement. So now you have to engage the world with your idea, which the that part is the breaking point for most people. Because when you're engaging other people with your idea, they're not as excited about your idea. Mm. You think it's the greatest in the world. And you think, I don't understand how anybody would not buy this. And then you engage people and they don't buy it. And you're like, (laughs) this is amazing, guys. What do you mean? But from engagement, you you either go to expansion, right? You start scaling the business or... You go back around the cycle to excitement where you get excited about something else. And then you evolve something else and you engage the crowd with something else. And then if you don't go to expansion, you wind up getting excited about something else. Mm -hmm. And we just go through this process of excitement, engagement, uh, excitement, evolution, engagement. And we never really get to expansion because we keep... Hey, y'all, I ain't gonna lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie Lock... Think about being on a couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school and they 
need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there. You don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door that way. No battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Ufi is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, eufy.com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, it's, it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy. E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y, video lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door. Incredible. Okay? So search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill the cycle of getting excited about something else. Yeah. So I want to talk about, first, give me your thoughts. But I want to go through each one because everybody's in a stage. Anybody excited about something right now? You just started it. You're excited. All right. How many people are in the evolution phase where you're building something? It's not a thing yet. You haven't took it to the marketplace yet, but you're building it. Still kind of excited because you're you're just excited. How about we are in the engagement phase where we have a business that we are actively selling and we get resistance. Some people like it. Some people don't. We have ups, downs. We're engaging people. How many people recently went through this process, but now you're back in excitement. You're getting excited about something else because that thing that you went through hasn't really worked out the way you thought it was going to be. If you are just starting something, you probably just came out from building something. 
and we if the if it doesn't work out, we start rebranding ourselves, or we we just want to do something different because the the marketplace didn't receive us the way we thought it was they were going to receive us. Mm. When really you got to just keep engaging until you start to understand how to expand. For you, I think um, I think we just need to think big in how you are the person that's solving a problem in an industry, not for a company. But you are solving a problem in an industry. You are solving a problem in our world. But we got to go big, y'all. Like, let's go at, let's like, let's try to make our, our company like revolutionary or do something that hasn't been done before. Or even if it's been done, what is something that hasn't happened within the thing that's been done before? Does that make sense? Kinda. So um, I think it's, I think it's just really, really important that, that if we're going to go after this thing, we go after it. We go after it. Like, let's start. You haven't thought innovatively because you think that you're not innovative. But you're just not looking around. You know what I mean? Like, make your company mean more than just some. Like, that's why I, I do get frustrated with podcasts because they just want to put, put out podcasts. They just want to put out a podcast. You're going to talk your talk. But you don't look at it as how you're changing the world in some way. I believe what we're doing is changing the world in some way. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. Especially our ability for y'all to, like, what other podcasts can you come, like, actually be a part of what's, this history. It's almost like Oprah's first studio shooting her show. And do you get to see Oprah go from Oprah to the Oprah show? Yeah. And then it's just these, these. Oh. oh and then it goes from, oh. <laughs> but remember all the people who got a car? You Never. get a car. You get. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I got it. We're about to start giving out LLCs. Is that right? Maybe. We'll do the research. You get an LLC. <laughs> <laughs> you get one too. Man, um, <laughs> what, what I wouldn't give to be in that crowd, those small rooms where Oprah's in the crowd and she's like going at people. Yeah. You feel me? Like oh, I it's. Just got it. You get to, you get to be there, mm-hmm. and I and I think Oprah saw that. Like yo, I'm not going to sit in this pretty little chair with my guests and ask questions. Yo, we hold. And yo, Oprah used to have a mic running. Okay, uh, hold on. Okay, here you she go. She did. And if she's standing by the person today, to, oh, you got something? To say? Okay, hold on. Give me that. And she's running like, like who? The 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 being able to see that mm-hmm. and then watch her become a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Especially from her starting point, like we get so caught up in our struggles and where we are right now. Yeah. But you're lucky because you had this or that Mm -hmm. person, you know, slept with this person to get the money for her business, or they had parents who left them this and they were able to Oprah came around at a time where black women weren't getting prime daytime television Mm -hmm. with their own face and their own show named after their own likeness. Right. She came from a background where she experienced sexual abuse, abuse period, right? Single black woman. She didn't at that time fit the stereotype of the black women that we saw on TV. Like Mm -hmm. there is no excuse. There is absolutely no excuse. It doesn't matter where you are right now or what you came from. You have, you have the option to say, because of where I came from, I can't do anything. You also have the option to say, because of where I came from, I'm changing the narrative and I'm going to do everything. 100%. 100%.
Can y'all see that you guys are like Oprah at the radio station? You see yourself in that way? Honestly. So some of us see like what we're going to be doing right now, right? Or like, I want to get to the next dollar or it'd be great if I could make six figures or whatever. But I think um, one thing that's always driven me is being able to see what will be based on what's happening now. Just being able to see a little further. And I'm like in my room, like, this is revolutionary. Oh my gosh. I feel like, I feel like, uh, what's the, what's the Nikolai, Nikolai Tesla? Feel like, like, or, or Alexander Graham Bell working on the phone, like just seeing, okay, this, this little thing that I'm doing in the moment is going to help people. But like, I just see it changing the world in some way. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how I look. That's why I'm so passionate about like the morning meetup. Because where do people get to gather every day? Mm-hmm. And though we are small now, it's, you know, a, a little over a thousand people, maybe twelve hundred people or so. And the goal is ten thousand. I know that it'll be a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a million people that are in one community, like, or the people who started a fraternity? You think they started it just to start it, just a group of friends, or somebody saw something, yo, it will be on every major campus in the world. Mm-hmm. But if you don't see, if you don't see the future, it's gonna be really hard to stay motivated. It's gonna be really hard to stay innovative. Mm-hmm. You're passionate what you talk about it isn't going to be passionate because you're thinking about getting the next dollar mm-hmm. instead of like changing the world in some respect. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are like if if you are like working a job right now, the most important thing I think you could do right now is understand why you're there. What can you get more? I did a training called um, get more from your job than a paycheck. And you got to get more from your job than your job gets from you because they are going to get their piece from you. They are going to get their value from you 100%. You do the work, bring back the money. They give you your portion of that money. But if, like, man, Reese was just talking, like he was, he was kind of discussing, like, I'm not sure what to do in a particular role. And I'm like, yo, one of the most important skills that we can have is being able to express those feelings so we can talk them through. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we just, let's, let's just talk about it because we need to find out where your major impact is going to be becoming something special in a space. You got to figure out what that's going to be. You got to figure out what that's going to be. And the only way you figure it out is to do. So if I had to do this all over again, one thing that I wouldn't change is how much I've done. Yeah. How much I've tried. Mm -hmm. How much I've tried, no matter how scary it was, no matter how minute it seemed. I didn't realize that my career in property management would train me to be a dynamic I am a COO, but I'm a COO at heart. I'm a CEO, but I'm a COO at heart. Mm -hmm. And it's the 13 years that I spent in property management being the operator of somebody else's asset. Like, you just can't see me there. (laughs) You know what we didn't get a chance to get either? Is imagine somebody working, imagine us working for somebody like us earlier on. Mm-hmm. Imagine you 15 years ago working mm-hmm. for Donnie Wiggins. 